Talk Show is brought to you by Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Hello, everybody. It is Dr. Cheryl Bryant, Bruce, MD, the celebrity doc, and we are here again with Chatters That Matter. Let's talk about it. I am here with my celebrated co-host, Hurricane H, and I just want to take a second to to welcome Hurricane H because he has now been officially made the co-host of Chatters That Matters, and we look forward to being a a super team. Uh, Chatters That Matters brings you information that is geared to educate and entertain about anything and everything related to health. Today, we have with us an illustrious guest, Iman Agai. Iman is a serial, and I mean serial, entrepreneur. Uh, He is the creator of the Ultimate Course Formula, and he is a TEDx speaker. And uh, we are going to talk about um, how Iman beat back death to become what he is today. So Iman, without further ado, if you can give us a little bit more about your background and tell us your story. Yeah, well, I'm super excited first to be here on the Chatters That Matter and uh, and with you guys. Um, This is an um, awesome thing to be here and the work that you guys are doing. So, it's an interesting thing because Dr. Cheryl were asking hurricanes, like, what, what's the topic of today? And I was like, I don't think we actually chose a topic because we wanted to um, uh, sit together and have a conversation about living life. And, and I think living life to its full purpose and, um, and defining that maybe uh, for each individual, not that we define that for anyone, but, but, but giving them the tools and the mindset shift so every person can actually do it for themselves and um i had a very unique experience uh several years back that um i'm one of the lucky people in the world that um that got through that situation and got through that experience and and made it alive but change the entire mindset of my life but before getting to that experience let me tell you the story of where I was in my life, where I got to that experience. So um, at the time that, um, like maybe about 15 years ago, 
I was living in Iran and uh, I was a public speaker, but I had like bigger desires. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to uh, impact um, hundreds of thousands of people. And at the time, uh, my wife at the time and I decided to move to North America so I can expand my career in an international way because I wanted to speak English. I wanted to get a passport that allows me to travel easier. And uh, so we moved to North America. We moved to Canada. And that was an easier path for us to move to Canada. And so we moved to Canada. And uh, as we landed here, we realized that our money is not going to follow us. Some stuff happened in Iran and our money got stuck. So we are like, okay, so we need to we need to build everything from scratch. And I know that many people who had a dream uh, gave up on so many amazing things in their life to make that dream come true, right? They did whatever it took. And so we were on our journey to on the path of... Um, let's do whatever it takes to bring our dream to reality and, and and kind of in a way i call the sacrifice path the place that you're alive you're like well for the next two years i'm gonna sacrifice like what i want to do and then next thing you know you know five years and 10 years and 20 years you're still on the same sacrifice path that you were like 20 years ago right so we started on on like kind of trying to find jobs and and i was like you know i get whatever job i can I was applying for any jobs and I could not find a single job because it was 2009. It was right after 2008 recession. There were hundreds of people that were out of work. And we got to a point that we needed to choose how many meals we eat a day. So like, we're like, okay, we're going to skip breakfast. We're going to skip lunch. We're going to just kind of have dinner. And then we got to a point that we knew that by the end of the month, we don't have the money to pay the rent. And, you know, there's a point in your life that you look at a failure and and you say, I am not going to go through that failure. Like I've had a lot of failures in my life, but that, that is not what I'm willing to do, right? And for me, it was like becoming homeless. And so I was on the countdown to become homeless, 30 days, 29 days, 28 days. And we got to 17 days away from becoming homeless. And I woke up that day and I realized um, I'm already homeless and I don't know it because I said, even if I find a job in the next 14 or 17 days, the first paycheck is going to come 14 days after when I'm already homeless. So if essentially I'm already homeless and I don't know it, right? And then when you got to that failure point of your life that you're not willing to have, right, on your life, on your resume, right? That's the time that you stop all the bullshit story that you tell yourself why you can't do something and you actually go and do the damn thing, right? And the bullshit story I was telling myself was, I'm a new immigrant. I can't speak English properly. I don't have family and friends. I don't have a network. So I can't start my own business. But then when I was 17 days away from becoming homeless and I realized I'm already homeless and I'm, nobody's going to come and pay my rent end of the month. I'll be homeless at the end of the month. I was like, oh, crap. Forget about not being able to speak English. Forget about this. For, forget about all of those things. Just get your ass out there. Start building your business. And, um, and I did. And three days later, I found my very first customer who paid me $1,800. 
and that money paid the rent of the month and bought us some food. And the next month, the same client paid me another $1,800 and I found another client at $800 a month, which was my rent. So I got my rent covered by the monthly payment client, right? And then my wife got a job. And so um, like we started kind of paying the rent and like food and everything else. But then I found myself doing something that I never wanted to do and but but i needed to do it so i call it the golden handcuffs you know like you're in a place that you keep doing the work you don't like the work but you keep doing it right and and that work for me was a web design company so i started a web design company never wanted to be a web designer i just so happened to know how to sell websites i didn't even know how to design them so during the day like from uh from 9 a.m to 5 p.m., I would go out there and would meet people one-on-one. -on -one. And then at 5 p.m., I would go to a networking event from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. I was usually at networking events to meet, to find appointments for tomorrow, right? To, to meet people. And then at 9 p.m., I would go home and then have dinner at 10 and then start learning how to design websites from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., 3 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m. and design all the websites that I sell, sold during the day, right? And then Again, would sleep for a couple of hours and then and then again go back to work, right? So I was stuck in this like golden handcuffs that I really needed to work, but I hated the work. And and so I built that company to about six figures and um things were looking okay financially, finally. And one day I woke up, I was bleeding internally. And I was rushed to the hospital where doctors realized I've lost 60% of my blood. And, well, usually they say if you lose 40% of your blood, you're at the chance of getting a heart attack or get serious um, things and you're going to die, right? So I've lost 60% of my blood. My hemoglobin was at 53. And... Um, or 53 or 48, I don't remember, because this happened twice to me. One time I was 53, one time I was 48. And... Um, like technically I was a dead man walking and the doctors were like, you don't even have enough blood that we can perform a surgery on you to stop this bleeding. Like we just need to give you blood, hope that this blood we are giving you is faster than, uh, than the blood you're losing. So tomorrow morning, hopefully we can perform a surgery and we can stop this bleeding. So they connected me to blood transfusion and they left me and said, well, hopefully we're going to see you tomorrow morning. And now, Iman. What thoughts were going through your head at, at this time? You've been in a job that you've hated, and now basically this job that you've hated has given you ulcerations and, and it's causing it, it's taking your health from you. What was going through your mind? Well, I was thinking, I was not thinking about the job, I was thinking about my life. I was thinking about what I made out of it. And the reality, and this is an interesting thing because People think everybody is afraid of death. Mm -hmm. But the reality, at least for me and many other people that later on I talk to, people that are on their deathbed are not afraid of dying. They're afraid of losing everything that they worked hard for. They're afraid of losing their family. They're afraid of losing their friends. They're afraid of losing all the connections and the money. And like, they are afraid of losing everything they worked hard for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And I know kind of like it makes sense that like you feel like they're both the same thing, but they are not. Right. When you're not there, you're not like, oh my God, I, I, I'm afraid of this death coming toward me. You're, you're afraid of leaving all of these things behind and not having anything else. You're afraid of that unknown of what happens if I don't have anything, right? Um, Absolutely. And, and as I was lying on my deathbed, I started thinking about my funeral. I started thinking about how people are going to remember me tomorrow. And, and I hated the way that people are going to remember, remember me. I was like, tomorrow... If people come to my funeral, they're going to say, Iman was a nice guy. He was a web designer and he was a nice guy. And I sure as hell didn't want to die a nice guy. Like, I didn't come to this world to die a nice guy. I came to this world to make a massive positive impact in people's lives. I didn't want people to come to my death, to my, to my funeral and say, oh, Iman was a nice guy. I wanted them to come and say, Iman changed my life. So you had to be in a very painful place at that time. It was. Not just physically painful, but emotionally and mentally painful. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. And and then, well, they were giving me more and more blood transfusion, right? Because I went through five bags of blood transfusion. And every time they were going to connect the, na- the next bag, they were like, well, hopefully we're not going to die with this one, right? Because they're like, we can also have altercation with blood transfusion. So, um, like, it was an interesting night, like every night, like every every time, right? But then, um, but then the but then as I started going through this, like literally, I was seeing you know like how you go to a gas station and you are like pumping up fuel on your car and you see like the like the gauges coming up. That was the same thing for me with my blood, right? They were like they were giving blood transfusion. They would do a hemoglobin test to see how much <laughs> hemoglobin I have, and then the next one, the next one, right? <laughs> so. That kind of interesting because they're they're giving you blood, but it feels like they're taking just as much away from you. All the vampires keep coming in and snatching your blood away from you. <laughs> right. So anyway, so I started like coming up. So I saw like 65 and 75, right? So now it's coming up, right? So as that coming up, as the gauge is coming up, I'm like, I'm I'm having more hope, right? To stay alive. And I think it was on the third or the fourth bag. And I said, well, it seems that you'll probably survive your deathbed. And if you do, what do you want to change? What now, do you let want me ask you change? something. Was that kind of a scary feeling? Because, you know, initially you were fearing losing everything, but now you're realizing that you are going to survive but the life you left is not the life that you want. Was it a, a little bit frightening or, or unsettling, not knowing what was going to come next? Well, yes, I know, and I'm going to tell you. Um, a person that is under deathbed and just mentally experienced losing everything they had, right? I hadn't, but I was experiencing the loss, right? Right. So the reason that change is scary is because anything that involves change comes with loss, right? 
So when you want to change something, you're letting go of some stuff to replace mm -hmm. them with some new stuff. So when you're letting go of some stuff, you are losing some things, right? And, and, and the loss is the scary part of the change. Right. So it's a loss of security. It's a loss of finance, a loss of health. It's, it's a loss of something, right? But for a person that just experienced losing everything they had in their life and going through all those emotions, including their health, including their family, including their mind, including their life, yeah. there is no loss that's the scary. So if you talk to people who have survived their deathbed, they say, after I survived my deathbed, I changed it everything that I didn't like. And well, the day before their death, but they didn't like them, but they never took action because the loss was scary. But then now you took the scariness of the loss because nothing is scary. After Did you, you have a new death. sense of optimism? I had a new sense of that. I, the sense was if it doesn't happen, I don't want to go back to what I was experiencing. I was caused that biggest regret. I've gone through so much pain in my life and so much fear in my life, but no fear ever comes close to the fear of being on your deathbed, looking back at your life and realize that you are alive but you never lived. So, so understood. So, you might, uh, you know, I'm listening. I, you know, I, I, you probably see my emotions <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and my hands all over the place. I'm just absorbing. First of all, uh, you know, just listening to this story, and, and people probably watching and listening right now, they'd be like silent for a moment because they have to absorb it all. I mean, it's not easy to to be here. Uh, on the set and talking about an experience such as this one and 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 your story obviously is in touch a lot of lives because your determination your immigration piece you know your your setting goals and and, and your dreams all the stuff you know was portrayed by you you've designed it you work towards it you made the necessary move and it is not easy i'm mean, coming from iran to, the, to to north america with all the stuff that's going on in in the politics and everything that is a big change and then, then, then you you had to suffer through certain things, and life is not easy when you're an immigrant. And I can relate to that. You know, I I happen to have also moved from overseas to the states, and so I can see that the actual determination and and all the things that you want to do and achieve in your life. And then you got to that this particular point. You know, first of all, you survived the worst because financially you were getting to the point where it's over. And then you didn't give up at the last minute. You made it happen. By the way, that's actually an advice for everybody watching and listening right now. Folks, it's never too late. And don't give up on your dreams. No matter what, you can turn things around. The last minute can be the minute where things happen. You never know. You mentioned something about failure. And I, I'm almost digressing a little bit by just getting into the point that I'm trying to make for you know the, the experience, the current experience you were talking about. You, you, you talked about failure. To me, there was no failure. You were just trying from one thing to the other. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't even believe in failure personally because <laughs> it's, only failure. Yeah, only, it's only failure if you stop, but you never did. You know, it's just you transited from one thing, experience, and I call them experiences, from one to the other. Good about exactly. it, otherwise, it's all learning experiences, but you made it. 
And, and you did something that a lot of people sometimes fail to do, even when they have everything. Uh, you started a business, not even knowing, you know, part of it, and you were able to pitch that and made it work. But then you did the correct part, which is learn what's necessary for the business on the go. Now, it might not have been the stuff you loved. It's not really what you enjoyed, but you did it because you needed to. You had a family to, 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 to make the, the income from the revenue and, and, and you know, to solidify your situation and then hopefully transit to better. Now comes this tragic incident. First of all, uh, doctor, you're a doctor and this is not something new to you, but for me to hear like, you know, you're, you're, you're losing blood internally, and you just go in front of a doctor and they say, well, we don't know. Tomorrow may or may not be here. That is probably, you know, it's, again, talking about emotion. I don't care how good you were in your emotions. That will just drop all the stuff. But what's, what's so interesting about your view right now is that you weren't that bad. You've experienced a lot of loss, but this is different. You were not afraid of that. And you know what? That's probably true because we all know that is happening. One day or another, we're all going to depart. The, the, the part that is difficult is everything else that you worked for, good, bad. You, you, it's like the losses, the family, everything that you, and, and you mentioned something powerful about what would people think about me? I didn't leave a legacy. So, okay, here's nice. And then goodbye, you know, rest in peace. And that's, that's, that's really the end of story. That's not really what people want. People want something. Well, maybe not everybody. But you are the person that wants a legacy, that wants to keep one. Doctor, you wanted to interject there. Yeah, I actually want to give this story a little bit more framework because I think that it's important to realize. I mean, we all talk about leaving legacies and stuff. And Iman was looking at the end of his life. Mm. But Iman was only like 25 years old when all of this happened. He was very, very young. Oh, well, thank you for making that. That's a big deal. I mean, again, for our audiences today, you know, this is a young life. This is vibrant living as, as it's a peak of life. I mean, you, you, those are the best days, right? I mean, I mean, I hope that every day is a good day and that's how I play my life personally. But, but you're at that age, you know, just in the beginning of all the stuff and, and the sky's the limit of what you can achieve and you get to this. It, I have to say, I mean, first of all, kudos, just, just the way you thought about it. I mean, not everybody probably can think the way you did. And, and even like, you know, some people say like, I don't care. I just want to live. I don't care about what people think about me. You know, Some people can be like, you know, well, I just want to survive. I will just move on and, and, and start. So everybody has probably a different angle, but, but only the people that have experienced it would probably can speak to it, but you did. And, and we don't get oftentimes, you know, someone like you that actually comes back, you know, and really shares this value because people take things for granted in life. And, and we talked about, you know, live, and, and this is all about you. Live is precious and we, and time is precious. And, and at that moment, time was like the only thing that you had because you needed the time to get the blood, those, those next pints of blood. You needed the time to revisit all your life and reset your mind on what's going to happen eventually if you're back. And you also were hopeful that you will make it, you'll rebound. And you know what? Maybe that's actually a part of why you, you rebound because the fact is your mind plays also, you know, if you collapse and you said, okay, this is it, I'm out. 
maybe, you know, your body, I don't know. Clinically speaking, I, I can't speak to it, but mentally speaking, I can just, I believe in the power of the mind over the body and you can certainly, Absolutely. you know, push Absolutely. to the living. And we've seen stories, we've heard stories where people mm-hmm. come back from some situation that no one will ever think that they can come back from, but they do. So, so I'll stop there, but I mean, I just wanted to really just kind of push that, 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 that item out to the audiences because it is power. I mean, you know, the, the, just to this point from what you experienced all along to that level and how you thought about it when you were there and now you get into hope. So let's take, let's take it from the hope piece. <laughs> Actually, uh, on the thing that you mentioned here. Um, so, so a little bit of correction on the years. So I moved to Canada in, in to, when I was 25. So this was 10 days before my 27th birthday. Okay. So it's not, but there is a, there is, there is an importance in that. So that's why I put the correction because I'm, I'm going to explain yes. what's the importance of that 10 days to my 27th birthday. But, um, the biggest regrets or top five regrets of people on their deathbed, right? So there's a person that was a palliative care nurse and, um, and she asked people on their deathbed about their five biggest regrets. And a few of those biggest regrets are, I wish I allowed myself to be happier. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd stayed in contact in contact with my family and friends. And I wished I lived true to my heart. Big one, big one. Nobody, at least in the top five regrets of people who have died. Nobody said, I wish I worked harder. Nobody said, I wish I watched more TV. Nobody said, I wish I, uh, I bought more stuff uh, during sales. Nobody said, I, uh, I like people were under the effort, were focused on what time could fix, which was living through to their heart. And, and if they got a second chance, they would live true to their heart from that point forward, staying with their family and friends. So they would stay in contact with their family and friends. They would, like, everything that they regretted were things that could be solved with getting a second chance, mm. right? And that's exactly what you said, Harkin, in the conversation that you were having is like, yes, this is the, like, it's it's the time, like the time that we have on this planet. And actually that's what, so later on, several years after that, I delivered a TEDx talk exactly on this, that we are having so many bad habits that our bad habits are causing our lifelong regrets. We spend mm-hmm. so much time in front of TV and then on our deathbed, we're gonna say, I wish I stayed in contact with my family and friends. Shut off the TV, pick up the phone, and call your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Go to their place and hang out with them, you know? Or, or you know, just, I mean, distances are far these days, but at least make a phone call, right? All of those things, right? Or There's I wish, always soon. Yeah. <laughs> or people say, like, I wish I wish stay true to my heart. 
And guess what they are doing? They're spending time every single day on social media, watching TikTok videos and Instagrams, all of those things. And guess what? You're doing this because you're avoiding what you want. So it's easier to take it in as opposed to accepting what you want and go and live through to that. So if you need to have a hard conversation with a family member, it's easier to watch a TikTok video instead of shutting off that TikTok video, going out and have that hard conversation with that family member that allows you to live true to your heart. Say that again, because that's a very, very powerful statement that you just made. So one of the things that we do, we avoid hard conversations and hard actions by having input a reality. So for example, like when we, people are watching TikTok, when people are watching YouTube, when they are watching episodes after episodes of after episodes of Netflix shows or TV, what we are actually doing is that we are trying to avoid some stuff that are harder to do internally. Like for example, let's say you have a problem with your spouse and you need to have a conversation with them that that conversation leads to you have an easier, more truthful situation with your heart, right? But you know, if you have that conversation, that's going to lead into inconvenience. Like they're going to be angry. They're going to be mad. They're going to feel like, right? And yet it's easier. So we choose, let's just spend some time on our Instagram or on TikTok or like all these things, as opposed to shutting that down, and sitting there and understanding what it is that we actually want. That piece itself is very challenging and painful, right? So instead of sitting there and just like, okay, let me actually get, get a pen and paper and go write down something like what it is that I want in my life. And then let's make sure that we go and have that conversation with my spouse, with my loved one, with my kids, right? And then we are like, no, you know what? That's going to cause inconvenience. So we choose to live in inconvenience and not true to our heart because it's challenging and also it, but, but the person that, but, but, and, and it represents some loss, right? You know, what if this person decides to leave me? Then I'm not going to be loved and I'm going to die alone. So I much rather not live true to my heart and be loved than 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 living true to my heart. But but what the problem happens is that you are not you. You are not you, and you're not being loved for who you are. You're being loved for the convenience that you're providing to another person. And when you get on your deathbed. You look back and you're like, I never lived through to my heart. You settled. Interrupt you there because that, again, that's an, a very poignant point. And so many people, women in particular, will live an alternate person, someone other than who they, they really are. They will sacrifice themselves. And the cost of that sacrifice is very, very steep and usually is reflected by poor health because it causes stress, stress causes inflammation, it causes disease. 
So it's a very, very high price to pay this inauthenticity to self, thinking you're pleasing somebody else. And the other part of that is usually on the other side of that, because you have not been authentically you, you do eventually start to to change because it becomes intolerable. And then the other person rejects the, the real you because you're no longer serving their needs the way they want them served. They've developed a certain expectation and now you are breaching the contract. And so it again leads to stress and discord. So that's a very, very important point that you bring, Ivan. Yeah. If I may just add one thing, I mean, you're talking about the concept with people, I, I refer to it as the ostrich effect. They just want to put their head down and let everything happen because they don't want to face the reality of things. Because to your point, it is difficult to face life or to face the real thing. And so maybe by escaping and not just, just looking the other way, things will happen. Eventually it gets to them and to your point, doctor, uh, it gets to them in a the wrong way because now they're overly stressed and everything else can happen to their mental health, physical health, you name it. And eventually the outcome will still be the same. They still might, you know, dismantle that relationship. They still might, you know, change, you know, to, you know, and, and just argue and whatever. And, and the outcome is still yes. going to be bad. But, but if they faced it, you know, head on in the beginning and to your point, cherished every moment of their life and living a true self, because to your point, uh, you know, I'm at a point personally today and I say it loud and clear on, on videos and shows and stuff. I really don't know. I mean, I, I want to live my life the way I want it. I can care less about what people think of me. You know, uh, I'm working on my legacy as, as you mentioned. And, and you know what? I, I'm trying to do the best, you know, with anybody that's in my world. I try to reach out to people, but sometimes not of this stuff can happen the same way you want it or expect it. And I'm not living to the expectation of others. Uh, that's the other part. We live because we're always looking at what other people think about us and how they see us, how they perceive us, but not because of how we want to live. And and we wouldn't even realize that. I mean, your experience, you got that from, from the get-go. Uh-oh, this is wrong. This is how I'm going to live. Most people don't realize that. And the only other thing that can actually close to death will be age. <laughs> because right. as you age, you become a lot more wise. And therefore, you start figuring out for yourself. Time is ticking. I might as well. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, that's what I have I been. You know, to some real unwise elderly people. So. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's true. Well, again, it's also you have, I mean, we just said it, right? People avoid reality yes uh, and exactly. and some people live to that level for as long as they can and sometimes that is that that is workable you can manipulate it and maneuver it through that age and and not realize like what the hell just happened in my life you know and you want to do this and you mentioned something 25 and 27 well a lot of people at that age you know don't even think about you know that and what's going on and legacy they just live the life i mean i was there too i mean yeah, i had my dreams and stuff but you want to enjoy the moment but you don't realize that life is going to catch up to you quick. And you know what? Before you know it, decades move on quick. I, I, you know, for me, it's like I remember 30 years ago as I came to the States, yesterday. <laughs> I mean, literally 30 years went by like, you know, just a blink of an eye. Uh, you know, I look at my kids, you know, my, old, my eldest is 26. My youngest is 16. I'm like, where did they go? 
and and that's when you realize that you're really aging and and your your muscle is not doing the same your body my is baby aging. is 33 okay <laughs> <laughs> no judgment there <laughs> but you you but you know what i mean right it's it's happening so fast and by by living the wrong life right by, by working in the wrong place by not doing what you love like i love to travel you know and i recommend that for everybody out there you know see the world enjoy life like the moments that you have the that you capture in your memory and with your family and friends, they're not going to come back again. And sometimes the more, the places you see, you might not go back to, I mean, I, I just came from overseas and, you know, I'm not sure when the next time I'll go back to those places. Right. If I ever do, uh, my mom was with me and she's very aged. And so we, we almost made the commitment that probably this would have been the last time she would visit her homeland. Right. We don't know that, but the fact is, there are things that you cannot control. Life just happens the way it is. And you don't realize it until you are at the extreme event. In your case, it was really that bad. And so, so, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this as we were talking, right? Like you were talking, doctor. I think the show's title should be a celebration of life. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I actually, I had a show title. <laughs> just forgot what it was. I'll look that show title up because it was something to that extent. <laughs> right. So the 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 and, and then so in my case, I started like going through that experience that night, right? And then I said, if I um if I get a second chance, I'll live every every single second of my life true to my heart. And um and I'll do what uh, I'll live a life with no regret. Well, I got lucky that night. I I stayed alive, of course, and they kept me at the hospital for ten days. Um, they started doing tests after tests after tests, and they couldn't find any source of believing. They were looking at me. They're like, "There is absolutely nothing wrong with you." Um, and they did all different type of tests, like all different MRI, CT scans, um, um, well, like all different type of scopes, like all everything, right? And there was absolutely nothing, you know, wrong. And they said probably it was a virus uh, that caused the bleeding. Um, and then 10 days later, after 35 different tests, um, they sent me home. Uh, they also perform a laparoscopy and they couldn't find anything. There was like nothing wrong. Um, and they sent me home. And just, just so that everybody understands what a laparoscopy is, is that um, they actually go in and look at your insides to see if there's anything going on there. So it is an invasive procedure. Right. So, so, they're like, after that, they said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Go home. Well, that you go home was the night before my 27th birthday. And I always looked at it as the most amazing birthday gift that I've ever received in my life. It felt like the rest of my life was given to me as a gift. And so ever since, every morning I woke up and I asked myself, 
if I die today, is there anything I would regret? And, um, and if there was anything on that list, I would set a journey or go on a journey or on a, on a, on a path to be able to fix it and to remove it and to, to improve that in the situation that I don't have any regrets. Um, and I tell you, hasn't been easy. Um, probably I have lived one of the most, um, exciting and challenging lives over the past, um, 11 years since I decided to live a regret-free life because there are things that are so hard to go through and yet you choose to do them because you don't accept the sacrifice plan long-term. So if, I mean, of course, anybody sacrifices certain things, right? But I decided not to have the sacrifice plan as a way of life. Mm -hmm. I didn't come to this world to sacrifice my life. And dying person has never felt, felt that lived. We came to this world to live our best life and, and, and do the things that actually makes the biggest impact or whatever it is that you choose every every one of us has our own word and and, and so for, for for some people they came to this world for joy or some people came to this world for happiness some people came to this world for impact your word is your word and as long as it's true to your heart is it true to your heart and there is a chance that your word for some time is impact uh, for some time is um, joy and for some time is happiness. Mm -hmm. And I know, for example, my word used to be success. And then that turned into fulfillment. And that turned into happiness. And, uh, you know, so like that it's, it's just the, it's just your word changes as long as what you are doing is aligned, absolutely aligned with your heart and what you want to achieve. And you go for it and you live that. Um, I believe you are uh, you're in good health. Uh, uh, last year, I went on a 2,000 mile bicycle trip. Uh, so I rode my bicycle from uh, from Seattle to San Diego on Pacific Coast Highway. And um, it was about 2,000 miles. And there were a couple of points of that trip that I came very close to death and um to 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 things happening and almost fell off a cliff um at, at one point and and i stopped and like like i'm literally at the edge of the cliff and just have jumped off the bike so the bike falls down and don't fall down right so the bike is at the edge of the cliff i'm standing at the edge i'm looking down i'm like well that's a thousand feet so like right so i'm looking down and i'm like if you had died today would you regret anything i'm like well good time for asking this question right <laughs> it's just experience and i'm like nothing there's absolutely nothing i would regret and i'm like okay you're living life right you're living life right okay get back on the bike <laughs> <laughs> 
not a lot of people could actually live to say that and, and actually get it to that point and do that. But you, it's amazing how, how that change that you kind of push through your life has become yeah. part of it. And now you do live with no regrets. And that's, that's super. I mean, it's fantastic for people watching and listening. You know, we, sh- it, we should all be motivated by this and inspired right now. Yeah, I'm give you the title of the show. This is a good point to put the title of the show in. Uh, the title of the show is "Winning the Game of Life After Saying No to Death." Oh, okay. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, there you go. We have it. Yes. <laughs> so no, we had it from the beginning. I just forgot what it was. <laughs> so here is the thing: um, no matter what you do in life, there are going to be things that you would regret. Um, that's a reality. Um, I don't remember. There, there is actually a word for it in sociology. Uh, I don't remember the exact word for it, but there's actually there's a concept that no matter what you do in life, you would have regrets, right? And, and, and you do, right? Like, for example, um, last year, I went through, uh, I went through a divorce. I went through a separation with my ex and I, I was in love with her and uh and and she is in love with me like we love each other we um but then it got to a point that um we needed to separate from each other because love wasn't enough right mm-hmm. um and so i would look back at that and i would regret um certain things you know no matter what right so when we talk about living a life with no regret it's not that you are not going to have regret, no matter what you do, because you're always making a choice. Always. like you're, you're, and, and then when, when, even when you're not choosing between the two options you have, you are making a choice. You are making a choice of not changing things the way that they are. So at any given point, you're making a choice. And, and there are chances that you make a choice on one thing, and two months later, you realize that you wanted the other choice. Or two months later, you say, well, I achieved this. I wish I had done the other one. So the brain always finds things to regret. But when it comes to living a life with no regret, we're not talking about those regrets. We are talking about regrets that are lifelong regrets that stop you from living true to your heart. Um and, and and that's a big distinction because people are like, well, I like I was actually talking to a very successful entrepreneur um, a few months ago. And I asked him, I said, like, if you die today, what would you regret? And he said, I would regret not being with my kids as much as I could while, while they were growing up. And this is a guy that is spending pretty much 24 seven with, with his kids today. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the kids are like 18, 20, 25 right now, right? But then it was like, but when they were six and seven and eight, um, there were many nights that I was working hard. Um, and and I, I, I regret, that's the only thing I regret uh, going back. And I said, well, this is, a, is, is this a lifelong regret? And he said, well, I can't go back and get it. But the reality is that I have this because I did that. I can spend 24-7 with my kids right now because mm-hmm. I did that work, right? So that's what I talk about, um, limited sacrifice. So anybody works hard. 
anybody goes through hard situations anybody like that's i'm not saying that don't work hard any day i'm not saying that don't but know what you're working hard for and have boundaries around it anytime any given time you go look back at your life there are things you would regret but are they lifelong regrets and the lifelong regrets that cause you not living true to your heart i'll tell you a story a very close person in my life last year he was 64 he woke up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m sat at the dining table and said my stomach hurts and asked his wife to give him medication. And his wife went toward the kitchen and he died. Three minutes, three minutes from the time that he woke up till the time that he died. Uh, when the ambulance got to their home, he was dead already for like 15 minutes. And two hours before this, he was at a party uh, with some friends. And um, and like all those friends say he was healthy, he was okay, like, like what? Like no one can actually make sense of what happened except that he just woke up and he died. Um, and the one thing I know about this person is that every single year he said, let me get to September and I'll change my life. Mm -hmm. Let me get to September and I'll stop doing what I'm doing. Let me get to September. And September was an important Why September? Oh, because he was a he had a he had a bookstore. So September he would sell a lot of things. So he was waiting for September to sell lots of things so he would have money. So then he could change his work. He could change, right? Right. So every year he waited for September. He waited for the school day, right? He was like, I'm going to get to school day. I'm like going to get to end of August, beginning of September. Yeah. I'll have money and then I, right? So every, every single year. And I just so happened to know that for the past 30 years, he was waiting for the September. Mm -hmm. And, um, don't do that's that. kind of similar to the story that um i've heard you tell about your your dad um yeah that's yeah. exactly my dad right my well my dad was waiting for me to turn 18 so for um for the people that haven't heard that story my dad was a really good entrepreneur and he was he always worked really really hard and uh one time I asked him, when I was 12, I asked him, I said, Dad, when do you want to stop all this crazy amount of work? And he said, as soon as you turn 18, I'm going to retire. Um, and you, uh, your mom and I have a plan to go buy an RV and we want to travel the world. We want to go to Asia and Africa and Europe and we want to just travel the world with an RV. We're just waiting for you uh, to turn 18. And then... When I turned 15, my dad was diagnosed with a disease called ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when I turned 18, he passed away. He uh, never retired. 
he never enjoyed his life and he died with massive amount of regrets and um kind of seeing my dad's premature death and being on my deathbed 10 days before my 27th birthday um that combination made me who I am and, and, and got me on the path to do what I do um, because I don't want to see lots of people go through that experience. Um, so I'll just go out every day and try to tell people to live a life through to your purpose, build a business that is aligned with your purpose. Yeah, let's talk about what you do and and how you do it because it's incredibly Im- impactful. Iman is actually one of my mentors, um, and uh, he came into my life at a time when I had just come through a near death experience, and I came to Iman because I said I knew that I had a purpose, and I was in a rush to get to that purpose. I didn't have time to play around. And Iman took me in and took me through, carried me through the next two years because the next two years were basically an incredibly difficult struggle with, with, with health and, uh, you know, a relationship that was falling apart. And it really was the course the, the, the family, the teachings that got me through that period. So tell us about the hope that you, you give, the, the positivity that you give. Thanks. So um, in, in the core of it, I'll work with people to build a business that is aligned with their life purpose. Now, the vehicle that we use for that is by, uh, I teach people how to create and sell online courses and, how to share that knowledge and message with the world to create a big impact and build a successful business around it so they can do all the other things they want to do. So I personally found the best vehicle for building a business uh, that is based on impact and income and financial location and time freedom to be creating and selling online courses because that allows you to be anywhere in the world that you want anytime that you choose to, and you still generate income. And um, so I personally found that vehicle to be the most important vehicle, but then the core and the reason I do that um, is, is because I want to help people to build a business that is along with their life purpose. And, and in a lot of my classes and events, um, that's actually what we focus on. We focus on personal development. We focus on while understanding your life purpose, we focus on understanding your story, we focus on understanding what's getting in the way of your confidence. We have an event called Hot Mess Mastery that uh, talks to people about like how to be a hot mess and still enjoy life, right? We have another event called Bullshit Mastery that uh, we talk about how to deal with the bullshit that your brain tells you all the time about the story that you're living, right? And like we do all those things because at the end of the day, yes, business is amazing and great, but it should be in the serving of your life. You you shouldn't serve your business. Your business should serve your life. Your business is just a vehicle and it it takes a little bit of time for people to grasp this idea and and to do this. But, uh, but of course, people's lives change and, and, and my 
goal in life is to make an impact in the lives of 100 million people. And I can't do that alone. So the way I'm doing it is by training 10,000 students. So each of them impact 10,000 clients' lives. So if I impact 10,000 people, help 10,000 people to make an impact in the lives of 10,000 clients each, now I've made an impact in the lives of 100 million people before I die. And that came actually on my 27th birthday as my goal. That I want to make an impact in the lives of 100 million people before I die. So that's well, well, Iman, the business of the vehicle for it. Iman, I have to say, uh, first of all, uh, that's one way to do it. I mean, the other one is doing podcasts and shows, and these things can go viral, and a lot of people can watch them worldwide. And I think the impact of this is just, you know, it's going to expand, you know, uh, all over. It's like wildfire. And, and, and by the way, great work because you're right, the idea of business everybody is going to work yeah we have to make you know some you know living right somehow but the right way to do it is to enjoy your life and to your point is to serve your purpose and your life not the opposite around because some people work for the job not the job for them i mean it, it's it's mm-hmm. amazing how a lot of people are caught up in that 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 scheme and it's a problem we they don't know how to get out of it and you have to figure it away and and again today with technology and the online space i mean uh, there is a trend where people are actually moving towards it a lot more, yes. you know, prior to pandemic, it was not, I think post pandemic, a lot of people found their way online and it's helping to a degree. And of course, courses and, and folks like you, you know, doing the work, helping and guiding people. Uh, and I, I, I did want to just bring something back, you know, to, to the topic about the story of your dad. Uh, it's something that actually happened to me personally, where I also started changing my life to this effect, not, uh, not a, a death experience or near death experience, but someone I worked with whose father retired and died the same day or the next day. Okay. And so, so, mm-hmm. and, and, and the, when I, when this, this happened, you know, I was 20 years ago and he, he it was just like a, a mind, you know, boggling thing. Like, you know, just, it just gets, it hits you at there because this is a person that worked day in, day out to provide, to do, 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 do. And then hoping that at the time when he, he retired and a lot of people make that mistake, I want to retire and then I'll go check out the world. Well, there are no guarantees we're going to be here tomorrow. There are no guarantees right. we're going to be here today. I mean, you, you, your friend, three minutes and, 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 and his, he was no longer there. I had a friend who actually went home to his wife, you know, and just said, you know, I'm going to take a little breather and go to sleep. Never woke up, 50 year old. So, so, this is life. We don't have guarantees about the next stage of it. What we do know is we live the past. We have some experiences and then we have today and we have to maximize today's opportunities and live to your point. So every day that goes by, we don't have any regrets past. And I'm, I'm not talking about the regrets that you mentioned because you're right. There's always going to be decision-making and choices, but it's really the big picture. Did I live and a fulfilled life be- or not? There's always going to be planning um, for the future, but you have to understand that you can't live in the future. All we have is today and we have to live today uh, and optimize, maximize what today brings because tomorrow may never come. The moment is now, the time is now and, you know, live your life as that you're going to live today forever. And then, of course, to your point, planning, you know, I always do the plan. I mean, you have to plan the future, but but there are no guarantees. You make choices, you make stuff. But if you don't plan also, that can be a problem. Some people live day to day, which, you know, it works for them. 
Yes. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't put off today. Don't put off life today That's right. for this delayed gratification of the future. Because when the future comes, it's going to be today also. So you just need to live in today. Plan, but live. Well, well doctor, you, you, you're in the medical world and, and you've, you, you just gave the experience of you going down from the north down, uh, you know, from the, the, the West Coast. And you know what? Yes. That's a physical activity. You know, believe mm-hmm. it or not, doesn't matter as you age. A lot of things that you could possibly have done sooner, you're not going to be able to do physically the same way. So just from that aspect of it, you know, you want to enjoy today as Max, your body's still doing things, make it work, do whatever you can, you know, with it, enjoy it, because there will be a moment, even if you wanted to do it, you won't be able to, your body's just not going to respond to it. And that's, that's a big, my mother had actually, um, for years, as long as I can remember, my mother had always said that we were going to, to go on a trip together. You know, she liked to travel. My dad wasn't real big on the traveling and I was a big adventurer. So she wanted to go on a trip together. And then my niece came along and the plan was that the three of us were going to get to New York. We were going to go to New York, but she kept putting it off. You know, my dad needed this or this was going on. She kept putting it off. And in 2016, my mom passed away and we never made that trip. And it's one of those things that I reflect on. I recently uh, visited with my niece in New York and we both kind of looked at each other and we said, grandma should have been here. So don't, don't put the things off that are important to you. Make a way to, to get to them. I mean, Iman just rode clean from the north, and and it's a, it's a hike because Iman lives in Canada, okay, and he rode all the way down to San Diego. So this was a major, major hike, and it's not like Iman was this major biker. He just decided one day that he was going to meet this challenge for himself, and you know. Really, Iman, how much preparation did you have before you took that trip? Actually, not much. I'm 270 pounds. So that's the first thing. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a, like a light guy that's like sports or whatever, right? Uh, I'm 200, like, I mean, at the time that I started the bike trip, um, I was 270 pounds. And um, I, I practiced probably for about 15 to 20 days. And I was like, you know what? The, the trip itself is going to be the practice, you know? So when I started, uh, and I have herniated disc. So um, so when I started, um, day one, I rode only like three and a half hours, four hours. And then day two was like four hour ride, right? Um, it was extremely challenging. And then um, by the end of the trip, uh, there was a day that I rode uh, what's known as the century ride. The century ride is riding 100 miles in a day. And, um, and actually, so that day I also fell, uh, dislocated my nose, uh, broke my front teeth and got a hairline fracture to my left hand and, um, put my nose back in place. And the cop, uh, a cop came and said, like, do you want me to call you an ambulance? I'm like, no, I, I can, I can still like do this. And I sat on the bike and, and, and continued riding the bike without being able to eat anything because I broke my front teeth and, um, and, and couldn't breathe properly because my nose was, um, 
uh, was swollen. But I, I was like, I'm on this trip because I, I wanted to do a physical challenge and this got just better. And, um, and, and I finished. And this was the day after I, uh, I separated from my ex. So October 1st, we separated. October 2nd, I sat on the bike and, uh, and so rode the bike for 12 hours and, and got to my destination by 8 p.m. Sorry, 8 a.m. finished at 8 p.m. And, uh, without eating anything the entire day and, um, and, and, and biking for like 100 miles. So, and, and with a broken hand and, and, and broken teeth. Um, so, I'm kind of. Andy got COVID. <laughs> oh, well, COVID was, COVID. COVID was about a few days before that. So, yeah, so I was in recovery from COVID at the time. So, um, yeah, in early September, I got COVID. And so, this is like four weeks after that. <laughs> you remember the freaking Sandra story, Dr. Cheryl? Yes, don't you? The so, Sandra story. <laughs> so, yeah, but. <laughs> So the cab driver that was driving me to get my COVID shot had COVID. So I, I got COVID on the way to get COVID shots. But uh, anyways. Um, well, um, Ima, you do have a hard stop, right? So Yeah, I do have a hard stop. But <laughs> this, is an, um, this has been an amazing, amazing, amazing um, uh, interview. And I'm really glad that we did this. And um, yeah, just really the chatters that matter. Um, this is amazing name for this show. So if you have two major takeaways, what is it that you want people to take away from this show? Um, slow down um, the, the fast, crazy speed of life and give yourself some time to understand what it is that you want and what it is that your heart wants. Like, what does it mean living true to your heart? Um, unfortunately, many people don't know how to dream, like have forgotten about dreaming. Like if you ask them what's your dream, they can't tell you their dream because, and, but, but yet we spend hours and hours in front of TV um, an average North American spends five hours a day in front of TV, five hours a day. Uh, uh, and, and we spend like 15 to 20 hours a week on social media. Um, and then we say we don't have time. Yes, you do. Um, you just are spending it in a place that you are having a one-way communication with an outside world that is not real. Um, so, um, so slow down, put them aside, sit and, uh, sit and think about what life means to you and what you want to do and, and who matters to you and start building relationships and connections and all of those things with things that actually matter to you. That's number one. And number two, um, I, and I know this is very deep. This is very deep. Uh, but I highly recommend to people to sit and write their eulogy today and, and, and see if you're living that eulogy. Like if you have the chance to do your own eulogy, what, would, what do you want to say? And then look back and see if you're actually living that eulogy or you're living a different life. And if you're living a different life, go back and live the life that would give you the eulogy that you would be proud of. You are 
with living, you're writing your life story. This is the interesting thing. You are the author of your life. Every decision you make is 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 writing your autobiography, right? So you are you are you are a living autobiography. So live your life the way that you want your autobiography to be written. Powerful. That is excellent, and I I strongly recommend that everybody do that eulogy assign. That was one of the most powerful things that I've I've ever done. Um, Iman, we thank you. You are such a wealth of information. You are so inspiring, motivating. Um, I am grateful for you, my brother. So if you can tell us uh, tell our audience how they can find out more about you, uh, find out more about what you're doing, your your programs, because I recommend that program to, to everybody. I recommend Iman to everybody because it is it's a life-changing experience. Thank you. Um, yeah, so um, the easiest place for people to connect with me is my website, imanagai.com. And that's the that's my general website. And then from there, you can find different things that we do because I have multiple businesses. So uh, we have the ultimate course formula, which actually I think on top of the page, you can find information about that on how to create and sell online courses. And then um, I, I have a couple of other companies. Um, so yeah, the best place to go is imanaguy.com and connect with me there. And we will be posting that information on the site with your your bio and um, with a, a picture of your your bright and shining face. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me uh, on this amazing interview. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank True you. honor. And we'll be sure to have you have you back because there are loads of Iman stories, and and he has loads of excellent points to to make so you know this will be an ongoing learning experience with iman but again i do recommend that you go to his website and just eat that bad boy (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing so thank you again iman for for joining us you have been listening to chatters that matters Let's talk about it. And I am your show host, Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce, the celebrity doc, and my new co-host, Hurricane Hurricane.